Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Frogcast. Though the Frogs did not play this last weekend on Championship Weekend, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to dig into the bowl game where the Frogs have been selected to go play in the, learn how to say it without laughing, the Cheez-It Bowl. We got the playoff rankings. Did they get it right? Did they get it wrong? Commitments are beginning to roll in, and recruiting is heating up, as Coach Patterson would say. That and a whole lot more on this episode of the Frogcast. Daniel Southern, Jeremy Clark, and Jeff Mitchell kicking this show off. Uh... You know, we've got a lot of angst and consternation around the selection committee, especially from the uh, inaugural season and watching the Frogs fall from three to six. So ever since the first season, I have just backed off and not, I haven't watched the selection show. I've kept an eye on it, uh, what's going on when they pick them. And I'm usually still in church when they when they make the formal announcement. But I got to say, I think the committee got it right this year. We're going to talk about that to kick things off here. Alabama one, Clemson two, Notre Dame three. And the Oklahoma Sooners checking in at number four. Five is the Georgia State, or is the Georgia Bulldogs. Number six, Ohio State. Daniel, I know that you've had some less than complimentary terms for the selection committee for these last few years, especially from 2014. Do you feel like the committee got it right? And is there anything about that that uh, you think's worth uh, talking about out of the gate? I will say they got what they want or wanted because now they've got it. So one year we learned that you've got to have a championship game and that 13th data point is so important. And then one year we learned that you can have that 13th data point, even though it's a loss and you'll still get in. And now this year we've learned that you don't even have to have it at all, win or lose, and you can still get in because it's a gigantic fraud. Did it bother you? Did it bother you to see uh, Ohio state at number six? No. Um, because they lost to Purdue poorly or badly, a poor Purdue team that they lost to badly. Let's say that. And they just didn't deserve it. They were not that top of a team. Um, and I think in years past, they, they more certainly more than deserved to be in, especially when they won the thing that, you know, that shows that, uh, they had, they had some merit to it, but, uh, I was happy to see Ohio state left out. Please go away, Big Ten. You know, one of the cool things is the Big Ten has been left out for two straight years, but they've I've, I've tried to figure out how to word this correctly. The Big Ten has been shut out of the playoff the last four years because Michigan State got in in 15 and got shut out. Ohio State got in in 16 and got shut out, and then they haven't made the playoff the last two years. So they haven't scored a touchdown since Jerry World when they beat Oregon in the national title game. So it does not, especially as a guy living in Big Ten country, it does not bother me to see the Big Ten uh, kind of flailing around there because I, I don't I don't think it's a top heavy conference. I think it's a it's a middle of the road large school middle heavy conference and that's not the same as is top-notch football so I, it didn't bother me at all that the way that that shook out jeremy were you surprised to see so much media energy trying to drive a two-loss georgia that had just lost to alabama the day before into the playoff were you surprised by all the all the angst and consternation and media jockeying to try to get the bulldogs in and get three power five conferences left out no i mean that's that's the norm i mean you're always going to have some people that are are bumping their chest out for particular teams. And, and you know what? I thought Georgia played Alabama pretty good. And you know how we always hear about Bill Snyder writing uh, personal notes to players that he thinks are good players or good for the program. And we, we've all heard those handwritten notes. Lincoln Riley needs to do one of the handwritten notes and send it to, to uh, Jalen Hurts. Because without Jalen Hurts, you would have seen – Oklahoma out of this playoff because if if Georgia beats Alabama there's no way they're leaving Alabama out Bama's going to be in if that scores 35 to 28 uh Georgia they're Bama's in Oklahoma's out Ohio State's out I mean Georgia's a good football team don't get me wrong but they they lost LSU they had two losses And, and and the fact of the matter is is Oklahoma's a good enough uh football team they have a, a, a really, really good offense, have the nation's top quarterback. Their defense is like shredded cheese. They're going to give up a ton of points, but at least it's one of those uh, teams that if they give up 45, they can go out and score 50 to win a game. So it's it's well-deserving. I think they, they finally got it right. 
I I was laughing so hard just listening to the the knuckleheads that thought Ohio State should belong. They're basing their whole philosophy off the way they defeated Michigan at home. So every other every other win that that what about Maryland? Uh, who cares about Maryland? Okay, well, what about your twenty nine point loss to Purdue? Uh, who cared? I mean, that that I mean, we're 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 Big Ten champs. We just beat Michigan by thirty points. I mean, it's like so funny how they just they they just seem to forget some of these close wins and losses that Ohio State had. All they wanted to hang their hat on was that game against Michigan. And I'm so glad, so glad that Ohio State actually dropped us i mean they they were still behind georgia because i think georgia honestly deserved to be ahead of them still i think oklahoma could beat georgia i think oklahoma should have beat georgia last year but lincoln riley forgot to use his playbook in the second half and and forgot to use the best player in college football in the second half last year hopefully he doesn't make that same mistake this time around Lincoln Riley also needs to send a handwritten note to Kirby Smart for going for it on fourth and 11 at the 50 yard line when Alabama is in punt safe. They've got, they've got a four, three lined up right there. They got a four, three defense. Everybody's lined up right in, in, in punt safe formation. And he snaps it to the backup quarterback as if everybody and their cousin doesn't know who that is standing there as the up back. I'm like, and, and you know, the worst part of that, I mean, the worst part is that was a terrible play. The second worst part was at the press conference, he was just defending that to no end. He couldn't even just say, you know, I, I wish I had that one back. Because everybody knows you wishes you had that one back. My, my favorite tweet that I saw, it was a guy named Matt Brown that writes for The uh, the Athletic. He said, um, Sunday morning, on my way to church, I saw this. Not that I was looking at Twitter in the car. He said, if the committee comes out and says, Oklahoma's in because Georgia went for it on 4th and 11 at the 50, there should not be any discussion after that. <laughs> That was a terrible call. I cannot believe he did that. Yeah, I could not believe that he did that. So, well, we'll, we'll ha- maybe we'll have a chance to talk about it between now and in the playoff when the playoffs uh, happen there in late December. But real simple, Daniel, do you think Oklahoma has a chance against Alabama? Well, that's tough. Um, if you look at the scores. Of the two, I mean, now Oklahoma played Texas and Alabama played Georgia. The 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 final scores of those games were pretty close. Um, it wasn't a wild shootout um, like you would expect with the Big Twelve, and then it wasn't you know three to two and the defense only football like SEC claims they have. I, I but it, Georgia looked really good, and I I that. Oklahoma defense is just, I feel like that's going to be the weakness and their offense did not seem to be on fire. Like they had been all season long. And I don't know if it's enough. I mean, even if they have to use Jalen Hurd, um, I don't know if Oklahoma's got enough to stop them. And they didn't seem to have enough to even blow away Texas which is not an Alabama defense. Uh, so I, I, I honestly, I, I don't know. I, I thought, I haven't really thought about it, um, but I did watch, you know, highlights of those games and it was, it's going to be, I bet it's pretty close, but I, I, Alabama probably beats them. Well, with Tua being banged up, they said he had a high ankle sprain, and it'll probably be about two weeks for him to recover. That's well, it's two weeks of practice he doesn't have to get ready for a, for a track meet against Oklahoma. So, I think the Sooners can beat him. I'm not predicting that they will, but I I think this is actually the best matchup for Oklahoma going into the playoff because I think Clemson has a has, has a real stout defense. Not that Alabama doesn't, but I do think that uh, with with Tua being hurt and with uh, you know, not, with that Oklahoma offense, I think they can give them a run for their money. I'm not saying they're going to beat them, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be shocked if they were. If if it was, I, I never gamble on sports, so let me preempt that. If it's Alabama laying seven and a half, I'm going to take Oklahoma because I think that they can. I think they can hang with them and run with them. And it's one of those games that if you told Oklahoma in the locker room you have to score 56 points to win this game, 
they're just like, all right, let's go for it. That's not going to phase us at all. But if Notre Dame or Clemson had to score 56 points or even Alabama has to score 56 points and, and go four quarters, you saw that Alabama was not used to, to playing in a game like that where, they, where the game still mattered late in the fourth quarter. So even though they pulled that out, I know that sounds kind of contradictory. But at the same time, I, I think Oklahoma's got a shot against Bama, and I, I would not be surprised if they won. Jeremy, you think it's going to – how do you think the Sooners are going to hold up? <clears throat> I think it'll be pretty close. I think – I said several weeks ago when, when – we were all talking about how good Alabama was and my prediction of uh, big 12 being out of playoffs turned out wrong. So I'm disappointed about that. Yes, but, it did. Uh, oh, you know, Oklahoma proved me wrong. Um, they, they obviously have a great offense. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really questioning the defense. If, if two is healthy, then he's going to be able to shred that defense. The secondary is just horrible. Trey Brown, Trey Norwood, those, those two, I mean, those guys, uh, the other corner, number eleven, Motley. He's, I mean, they they are the weakest link. Their front, their front seven's actually pretty decent, but their secondary is what kills them. the The thing that is questionable right now, and I, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but Hollywood Brown might be out of that game. It appears that I mean, it looked like he was hurt pretty bad. He was crying on the sidelines. I, I don't know how serious he's hurt, but if if he's not able to go for Oklahoma. That's a huge loss. That's a huge loss for them, and and he stretches the field. They have said he's going to be back and be fine. Okay, well that's I don't know. If, I don't know if they're saying that just to just to let the committee know. Yeah. But yes, there were reports that he's he's good to well, go. Well, that's big for them because he he takes the top off the defense. CD Lamb, CD Lamb didn't really have a great game against Texas and Daniels. Right, they didn't really click offensively. Running game couldn't get going. It's going to be tough to get that run game going against Alabama, but. If there's a team out there that I feel can go punch for punch with Alabama offensively, it's it's Kyler Murray in Oklahoma. It's it's going to be fun to watch Kyler Murray. And I, I don't know – I haven't gone back and, and looked this up when he was at A&M if he had ever had a chance to play Alabama to see what he looked like or see what his stats were or anything like that. But I'm going to be interested to see how he plays because every defense he's played in the Big 12, he's been able to, to shred pretty easily. Uh, he's going to be facing a bigger team in Alabama, bigger defensive line, bigger linebackers. Uh, the secondary is going to be stronger. But the the great thing for him, he's got arguably the top offensive line in front of him. And it, it I'll, I'll say this, it, it, it should turn out to be an entertaining game like it was last year with, with uh, Oklahoma and Georgia. I think I think both those teams will go punch for punch. But I, I, I think Oklahoma can win, but I, I'm – going with Alabama right now. What I'm going to find interesting uh, between now and Sunday, Saturday night is whether Kyler Murray won the Heisman because Tua getting banged up, not having a great game, and then watching what Kyler Murray was able to do in terms of at least leading them to victory, getting them into the playoff. Those are the kind of moments that that's the recency bias, bias of, of voters. So I would not be surprised if Kyler Murray – is hoisting up the Heisman and walking in there for that first round of the playoffs as the Heisman Trophy winner. Have they already said who the three finalists are? Yes, it's Kyler Murray, uh, Tua, and uh, Haskins. Haskins, yeah, it's those three. Yeah, and I think that's right. Yeah, I mean – I think that's right. Haskins is going to finish third. I think Murray's going to win it. Hmm. I don't know. It'll be tough for the Heisman voters to give it to a – player that's from the same school as the previous Heisman winner. Have they ever done that before? Yeah. Uh, yes. I think Besides they did Archie it like with Army. Yeah. Uh, Army did it in the 40s, I, I mean, in, in, in the modern era. In, in the modern since era. The, since uh, the uh, no, just, and teens, just we haven't. Yeah. No. Since, uh, well, it's like I said on the podcast, since integration, that's the only thing to yeah. measure it by is when the level the playing field got leveled. Uh, no, I, there hasn't been other than Archie. No, no school has had two different players win the Heisman back to back in the, in the modern I mean, era. to be honest with you, if you, if you look at all three teams and, and which one means the most to each, each team, we already saw if Jalen gets hurt or not Jalen, but Tua. Jalen can come in and lead the offense. He's not as good as Tua, but he can obviously lead the offense. If for whatever reason Alabama lost Tua, I still think they would be undefeated. 
if for whatever reason Ohio State lost Haskins, I still think Tate Martell can move the offense. Maybe not as great as a passer, but he's more of a runner and he can move the offense. I think if Oklahoma lost Murray, they win eight, eight maybe nine eight, games. Four. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the difference oh, maker. Uh, that, that, that's the kind of difference maker he is for them because you're talking about a guy that is a great thrower, but he's also the fastest player on the field. I mean, it's funny. My son, the other day we were watching the game. He said, how fast is Kyler Murray? I said, he's the fastest player on the field. Well, how fast? Is he? I said, I don't know. If he gets out, no one will catch him. That's how fast he is. And, and yep. that's, that's, that's the great ability he has. If it's, if you're awarding a trophy to, the best player in college football. He's the best player in college football. It's, it's 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 hands down, and he did more for his team than I think any of those candidates did. I think you're right. I think you're right. So, and I think Kyler Murray is going to win the Heisman this Saturday night in New York. So, we'll all know soon enough. You guys can uh, praise me or or, uh, or you know let me know I got it wrong in a, in a week here. So. All right, let's pivot. We, we Frogs obviously did not play this year. Big 12 title game last year, not this year. But we did make it into a bowl. There was a lot of drama about where the Frogs were going to go. Uh, we thought maybe Houston. Uh, I know Memphis was in play. And then I, I got to be honest, the third bowl that I thought that they would be eligible for and in, in the least likely to land at was the Cheez-Its Bowl in Phoenix. And then you know, about a day before you started posting on the board, Jeremy, I'm here in Phoenix. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but I'm here in Phoenix. And turns out that's where the frogs are going. They're going out to the Cheez-Its Bowl in Phoenix on uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas, playing the Cal Berkeley Bears. So, Daniel, I want to start with you with uh, the question that most men mock about college football. Is this the worst name bowl that you've ever heard of? The best name bowl? What examples can you think of that are uh, as particular and unique as the Cheez-Its Bowl? Um I always got a special place in my heart for the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, but this is this this one might take the cake. Last week, I believe, I was kind of making a joke saying, let's mix it up and go back to the Weed Eater Bowl. And I, I was being funny because I was making fun of the Weed Eater Bowl. Had I known we were going to something called the Cheez-It Bowl, I would have never made that joke. This is embarrassing. And not only that, it's on a baseball field. I I hate football. I hate sports. I'm going to go live in the cave in a mountain somewhere, and you'll never hear from me again. This is just absolutely what what we thought was going to be a redempt, redemption of a season. You know, we beat Baylor. Get You know, you beat Oklahoma State. You get six wins. You can go to a bowl. You have all the extra practice and all the good things that come with it, and then it turns into this. I'm out. So what section are you going to be sitting in? Here. <laughs> what section? Uh, 222, some <laughs> seats 13 and 14. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about the most unique name bowls. I, I sat through the gallaryfurniture.com bowl down oh, in the yeah. old Astrodome when the Frogs lost to the Aggies. You know, I, I, don't, I can't remember. Somebody posted the article about that game. And it was on the old ESPN page two. Do you remember that? This is this is a long time ago. The ESPN page two, and it was the first article ever written by Bill Simmons for ESPN. Uh, and it was basically a mockumentary of the galleryfurniture.com, old mattress Mac Bowl. Watch the frogs lose to the Aggies. Embarrassing. That was Casey Printer's last game. I don't know if anybody remembers Threw that about name, three but. interceptions, four interceptions, something like that. Yep. I woke up at 4.30 in the morning and drove with a buddy of mine from seminary down to that game. I, I was drinking a Coors Light at 9 o'clock in the morning in the parking lot of the Astrodome with George Lane's parents. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was a long trip back. We took turns driving back and napping. You know, we let the guy drive and nap, and the other guy kept him awake. So, Oh, man. Well, Jeremy, this is where we landed. Uh, you, you, you had heard that this was happening for a day or two before. Do the, do the, do the staff feel, do they feel good about it? Do, I mean, I know they're not going to project this publicly. Were they maybe a little confused that, that they did, they ended up in this bowl or is this just the way that it shook out? <laughs> I think this is the way that shook out. I, I, and to be honest, I mean, they can go play at Farrington field for a bowl game. Uh, it, it, 
it wouldn't matter to them. The only the only bowl game I think they didn't want to play in was the Armed Forces Bowl, just because it, it it's no fun to have to stay at home and play a bowl game. You know what I mean? Where it, it's it's no fun for the players. Yeah, you get to hang out, do bowl activities, whatever. But there's just a sense of getting to go away uh, and, and spend several days at another city and and check out their hotels, eat eat their cuisine, and and just see sights of a different town. And Phoenix hasn't been really good to the Frogs. I mean, you had the Fiesta Bowl, then you had the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, and, and they lost both those games. But I think uh, destination-wise, it's it's decent for them. I think uh, hopefully Frog fans travel. I know it sucks that it's the day after Christmas. The, the date worked out pretty good because they can get done and they get back, uh, you know, they'll have – a few weeks to do their recruiting still. I mean, they, they won't be able to have kids on campus during dead period, but they can still uh, obviously make contact and not have to focus solely on, on football and preparing for Cal. But I, I think this is, you know, it, it was, it was either this place or, or the Texas bowl. And I think the Texas bowl was the one that ideally a lot of people would want just because it, set up on a perfect day. It was the closest to home, but it was actually down in Houston. So you get to get out of Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth for a little bit and, and, and sightsee down there. But I think they're very happy. And coach Patterson said on, on uh, Sunday that there is no bad bowl. There's no bad bowl game. And, and uh, you know, anyone that wants to downgrade it, I mean, they, they can sell their seats, I guess, but it's, it's, it's very satisfying for them just to be, even be in this position. I've asked a lot, a lot of people and, Hey, are you liking this bowl game? This and that. And, you know, everyone's going to make fun of the cheese it because I mean, it's cheese it. But the, the fact of the matter is, is the, the one sentence I always get in return is, Hey, at least we're playing in a game. That's all that matters. I'd rather be in the Cheez-Its Bowl than uh, four and eight with a loss to Baylor and a loss to Oklahoma no State. Doubt. That's all I got to say. You know, one of my friends who listens, faithful listener of this show, Rick Spleth, a buddy of mine, pastor in, in Indiana, he uh, sent me a text earlier this week with a picture of the the bowls that are you know blasted up there on the west side of from, at, at Amon Carter Stadium, where it says you know Cotton Bowl, Rose Bowl. <laughs> you know, Fiesta Bowl, and he's like, now we're going to have right up there next to it the Cheez-It Bowl. And he, he he mentioned something that maybe only ministers or people that have had to deal with churches would understand, but he said, you know, when you put a plaque on something inside of a church, that you put it on the side of a bookshelf or a chair or a table, that, that, that plaque means that thing's never going anywhere, and you're going to have to look at it forever. And so forever now, we will have a plaque on Eamon Carter that says Cheez-It. So, if Cheez-It goes belly up, if they get caught in some case of corporate corruption, if they have poison inside of the Cheez-Its that somebody planted there, we will. it will be there in time and memorial, right there <laughs> in Eamon Carter, next to the Rose Bowl in the Fiesta Bowl, will be the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> so, I think they might find a special that place. That was a little reminder. With that bowl game. <laughs> they might find a special place. It might be yes, on the upper, right. upper deck. <laughs> The upper upper deck in Braille. <laughs> That's what they'll do. <laughs> oh man, uh, I got I got a kick out of that when he sent me that. So yeah, it is going to look. Gonna, yeah, that's it where it's going to look kind of funny up there compared to all the traditional look- uh, college football. <laughs> like the Rose, just don't put it next to the Rose Bowl, <laughs> the Rose Bowl. please. Hey, that's why you the- never you never name the bowl after the sponsor. That's right, because the sponsors can change. But, you know, or the bowl can come and go or whatever, but like, you know, the Rose Bowl, you know, they always, it's, it's, you know, presented by yeah. Vizio, I think it was when we did ours. And so that makes sense. You can change that. So that, you're right. If something happens with Cheez-It or, or the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl or, you know, the Chick-fil-A, it used to be the, the Chick-fil-A Bowl and then they merged it with the Peach Bowl or yeah. something. I don't know. Anyway, it, it it's dumb. And there's too many bowls to begin with. They I'm should just call tonight. it. <laughs> the the Phoenix the Phoenix Cheese It Bowl, and if Cheese It ever goes up, they should call it the Phoenix. If it ever goes under, they can just call yeah, it the, the Phoenix, Phoenix Bowl. Bowl brought to you by Cheese It. Whatever. It's been everything. I mean, this was the this was the Insight.com Bowl that then became the Inside Bowl. 
and then it was something else, and then it became the Buffalo Wild. What was it called when the Frogs played there? Was that that was the yeah. Buffalo Wild Wings? That was a, that was a, that was, what at was it? Arizona State's field though. Yeah what what was it the year before though? Like what was the name of that bowl right before that? Because I remember Oklahoma played in it in twenty eleven. Mm, I don't remember. I only remember that because my high school football quarterback. My fi- high school football coach's grandson played the quarterback on that Hawkeye team. That's the only reason I remember that. Uh, and he got hit in the head when the overhead cam oh, snapped man. in the middle of a play. <laughs> if you if you Google James Vandenberg overhead cam, it will pop up. Um, anyway, I can't remember. But, yeah, well, obviously we're chasing a raffle here. But, yeah, this is a unique name bowl. We, we do have a plaque on at Avon Carter for the Delta Bowl, which I have no clue what that is. No clue what this what that is, and that Houston Bowl is all just a uh, some variants of what we used to call the old Blue yeah. Bonnet Bowl, where the Frogs played in '84. So, yeah. Well, they, we see we got Baylor playing in Houston. Uh, Oklahoma State is in they're, they're playing Vanderbilt. I kind of am glad we're playing Cal over Vanderbilt. I mean, it would have been better to be in Houston, but I'd rather play Cal than Vanderbilt. Then Oklahoma State's going to the Liberty Bowl to play. Uh, they're playing Missouri. And then the Pirates going down there to the Alamo Bowl. Iowa State, their fans travel really well. I know they wanted, I know the Alamo Bowl wanted Iowa State and got them. And then West Virginia's going to the, the Camping World Bowl in Orlando. That, that's, it should have a name because it used to be the Russell Athletic Bowl. It, they need to come up with a name and then stick the product on there. You're right, Daniel. So. Oh, man. The Horns get uh, Georgia. In the Sugar Bowl, I think that's going to be a, I think that's going to yeah, be a good I do game. Too. I think that, I think it'd be a pretty good game. Oh man! Well, we'll have plenty of time between now and then to talk about the Cheez Its Bowl. Hopefully, you got. Would, did, would you like your some spell? information on the Delta Bowl? <laughs> you know, I woke up most of this morning thinking about that. So yeah. Okay, the Delta Bowl was a college football game played at Crump Stadium in Memphis. It was played in 1948 and 1949, and that was the only times. Uh, we played old. It was January first, nineteen forty-eight. We lost to Ole Miss thirteen to nine. Ooh! And we the only other that. the only other game was uh, the next year, William and Mary and Oklahoma A and M. Ooh, the old Oklahoma State name. Mm-hmm. So I you I was googling and I found it and I was like, that's not it. And then it turned out that was it. So interesting. Thanks for that fun fact, Daniel. Yeah, that's, a that's fun fact. This is an educational show. That is. Did you get that off of Wikipedia? Uh, directly. Directly. Well, it's true. That's the Bible, as far as I'm concerned. So. <sighs> well, we've had a lot of news on the recruiting front here lately, Jeremy. Uh, we've had a lot of uh, some visits, a lot of recruits on campus, some some folks that are um, maybe leaning the frogs' way. We had a recent commit. Give us just a little update on some recent commitments since the last time we talked. We got one guy that's maybe going to about to break loose and decommit, and that might be okay. Um, and then we got another guy that committed over a weekend, a JUCO that's uh, four years to play three. That's a defensive tackle. Tell us a little bit about the commitment decommitment watch, and then we're going to get into some recruiting questions. Well, after what, that. what do you want to know first? Because I'll ramble for fifteen minutes, and people are going to think they're on replay the whole time they're listening to me. So ask me some questions, and we'll recap. Tell me about the young. Tell me about the uh, commit we got that plays D tackle, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because I butcher it like crazy. Sony. Kid Sony. out of the kid at yeah the kid yeah, out Sony of LA. Misi. Sony yeah. Misi, okay. Sony, Sony Misi. Like, I see that's not as hard as listening to Tim Brando say Shea Wola <laughs> So try to listen to the SMU in-house guy. Oof. <laughs> still, we still talk about that <laughs> months months later. I bet you do. Uh, all right, Sony Misi. See, it's not so hard. Tell us a little bit about Sony. Well, it, it, it was a good commitment. That's a guy that they were really trying to keep under the radar. I think I posted that on the board a while back when he first got offered. But, you know, Chad Glasgow did a great job recruiting him, building that relationship. And, and the best news of all is something that I didn't really know until last night. But uh, he's he's going to be a, a four for three. Uh, I don't know the backstory between high school. I know someone had asked about that. Uh I think he only went one semester of college and then stopped and then went back. And that's kind of how he, the, the age gap, I guess, or the year that was missing. But anyway, he's only played, he's only played uh, one year of college football and he had a pretty good year this year. He had four and a half sacks and he's a guy that went to Santa Rosa, get this as an offensive lineman. 
I mean, that's, that's what Santa Rosa wanted him as. And they, I guess, let him play defensive tackle and, and he ended up having a really good year, but uh, it, it was a guy that they really needed after, after, uh, uh, you know, just looking at the defensive line and, and knowing they're going to be light at defensive end, uh, defensive tackle, you have Ross coming back. Uh, I, I think with Terrell and George, I think they're, they were hoping for a little bit more out of one of those guys. I don't want to mention which one, but uh, they, they need to be pushed. They need to be pushed, and that's why they're bringing in two guys. And it's funny because the <laughs> – the the way I was explained to a couple nights ago is TCU's kind of uh, surrounded their defensive line recruitment around Carter Johnson. That's how important they like that kid. I mean, they love Carter Johnson, but to get another defensive tackle like Sony um, that that obviously still has quite a bit of playing time left, uh, it, it's going to be huge for them. And if you look at the defensive tackles they'll have for the next few years, you got Blacklock, you've got. Uh, Obviously, Corey Bethley, Terrell, George, and Carter, and and uh, now Sony and and uh, Felicitonga. Felicitonga is another guy that has really come on and is expected to do some pretty good things. So it, it's a it's a solid pickup. I like it. I know some people are going to question why didn't they get a defensive end, but they they really needed this guy. It's one of those one of those players that yeah, he's not a huge position of need, but dad gum, he's good. And if we can get him. We want to get them, and 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 TCU is obviously a school, as I reported in in the article I did with them, that it's a school that he wanted to attend uh, even before he got in high school, and he's got family in the area, so it, it's a it's a great pickup, and Frog fans should be happy about. It. I'm trying to get him rated right now. I got his film out there, trying to get his evaluation done. So in case anyone's asking about that, uh, hopefully it comes out pretty soon. And uh, I, I I personally think. You know, just watching some of the other top defensive tackles, I think he's right up there with them, and and uh, hopefully he gets a, a good rating when when they decide to evaluate him fully. You can never have too many big guys in the trenches. That's just what we know. We're you know we all thought Ross Blacklock was going to have an amazing season, and of course he got hurt. So you can never have too many big guys. We we definitely need that. So good to have Sony Misi in the fold. Uh, Jason Vaughn, defensive end from the Sunshine State, he committed. And it looks like he's on flip watch, and maybe the frogs will be okay with that. Is is uh, tell us a little a little bit about how he might be uh, looking to stay closer to home. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not much to it. I know that you know, obviously uh, the the coach down at Advanced Prep, he's got a good relationship with Charlie Strong, and Charlie Strong is going to offer kids. Uh, it, it, if he sees a guy that gets an offer that's in Florida that is getting an offer from TCU and he commits to TCU, yeah, he's going to go after him and. I think the relationship was there before. I mean, cause that recruitment with uh, Jason came really late with TCU. And, and so mm. the, the relationship was already kind of built there with Charlie strong. So it, it's one of those deals where uh, I've, I've tried to set it up for you guys. I've put the ball on the tee. I mean, don't, I mean, don't freak out when Jason Vaughn decommits, just don't freak out. It, it's okay. It's okay. I promise you it's okay. And I'll pro and I'll tell and I'll tell you uh, after signing day why it's okay. Okay, sounds good. One more name before we get to all the listener questions. Uh, Jackson Cloyd at a Orange Lutheran, another kid from the West Coast. The Frogs are looking at him as a preferred walk-on at linebacker, but uh, do they have any interest in offering him? What's his interest in TCU, and what makes a kid from the West Coast want to come down here and pay good money to play football at TCU? Well, as I posted on the board, he's from Orange Lutheran, and that's the same school Tony Savino played at. Um, and and he's done a good job reaching out to him and and really building that relationship. Even though he can't go physically out to California, you can still recruit from the friendly confines of uh, the John Justin Athletic Center uh, from your office. And that's what Jeremy Modkins and Sarnell Fitch used to do before they could really go out and recruit. They were all already building that pipeline, but. Uh, it, it, he plays a position that, uh, obviously is a need. They, they would like to take another linebacker. Uh, but as far as the offers go, the only, the only coach that has seen him up close, Chad Glasgow went out there and saw him today and, and he's supposedly supposed to visit this week. Coach Patterson has not physically seen him up close. 
Um, so before they do any kind of talks of an offer or anything like that, coach Patterson has got to see them. And, and, and really, even after that, I don't, I don't know what it, you know, what it's going to take because they feel really good about, uh, uh, Vic Vermontes. Um, they, they did a really good job impressing him over the weekend. They just got Thomas Armstrong last week. So that's another linebacker. They still, still have, uh, Wyatt Harris and, uh, uh, Zach Marcusili committed, so it it they're they're needing a, a a really a a JUCO guy, and I think if they get Vic, that obviously fills the need for him there. But he's an interesting player. I like his film a lot. He's got great size, and he's obviously got some Mountain West offers. And what a great preferred walk on that would be. But uh, the thing is, Wisconsin's offered him a, a chance at a preferred walk on, and when you have full rides going to some Mountain West schools. Uh, uh, a tuition where you're having to fork out two hundred thousand dollars, or you know, however much. If he even had spent two years before he got an offer on campus, that's still quite a bit of money for his family to have to dish out. So it, it's it's really going to be in the hands of TCU whether or not they want to offer him a full scholarship or uh, just the family's family's evaluation on on what they can do financially as far as where uh, where he's going to go between. TCU or Wisconsin or maybe some other schools that come into the picture. Hopefully he can get on campus and coach can see him because I really liked his film as well. I'm not a I'm not an expert at breaking down film and rankings and all that kind of stuff, but he he looked like a football player to me and he looked like he could fit into that. Uh, his his film doesn't look any different than Ty Summers. I'll just say that there's no reason that he can't do what what Ty Summers did. So one last name before we hit the questions here, McLean Mannix. This has just kind of shown up on the radar in the last 24 hours. A wideout that hit played at Nevada and is transferring back because he wants to be closer to his family kid. I think he's out of mid. Uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about him and do the frogs have any interest in uh taking him as he transfers in and, and is he a grad transfer or is he going to have to sit out 2019 no he's only he's only been up there two okay. years but <clears throat> it just depends on how the ncaa handles it because from from what i've under, understand there there might be a, a family health issue i, I don't know 100 percent, but if it's that, if he wants to get closer to home for that, then then that is something that obviously the NCAA looks at. And maybe they provide a waiver for that where he doesn't have to sit out. Um, but I, I can tell you there is some interest. Sonny Combe recruited him out of high school, and, and it was one of those players where I thought maybe, just maybe, he would have a chance to get offered. It was just a bad, bad class for him to come out as a receiver um, because they obviously had some other targets. Uh, but uh, I think it was 2017 – because uh, he's, I think he's been two years up at Nevada. Yeah, that would put him in the class with with right. Omar and, and Jalen. So yeah, so uh, he wasn't going to get an offer over those two guys, but obviously he's produced really well. I think he had a, a pretty good year this past year, and he's he's a he's a pretty fast kid. He's he would definitely be a uh, a, a good slot receiver. Um, they they need more slot receivers, to be honest with you. I mean they they have Darius Davis and Tay Barber, but they're they're also losing Jarrison Stewart, so that you know they they need to find a replacement. And there's no telling what some of those younger guys look like yet. So if you anytime you can get a guy to come in that has college experience, and and not only does he have good college experience, he's he's had good seasons, and and, and he's he's definitely a guy that I think they're going to continue to look at. I, I don't know if uh, if they've physically communicated with him or not over the phone or anything like that, but. I, I do know that when I asked earlier tonight if, if they would have any sort of interest in, in looking at them, I, I got an immediate answer that, yes, they would definitely be interested in, in, in pursuing him. So I've got to think that some kind of communication has happened. I just don't have any way to confirm it right now. There's a lot more formality to that now with some of the changes to transfer rules that you don't. You just have to announce and, and file through your school, and they log that into the NCAA database. So you, oh, yeah. you don't have to yeah. go – beg for permission and be released. And, you know, I think they can set the parameters in terms of you can't transfer in the conference, but everything beyond that, like he's, he's free to go once he states his intentions and they're all cool in that they, they log that in. So he, the, the, once, once he announces that anybody, you can begin to be recruited again. So I know that it's a little easier. You don't have to back channel as much as you used to. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I'm not, I'm not saying that they haven't communicated for that reason because I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I'm just I, no, I, I just don't have any any way of knowing yet if they've if they've talked to them or not. Well, speaking of Omar, uh, that's one of the questions that people really want to know: Is Omar Manning 
going to be on campus this spring. I know that, you know, he's had that year, that, that semester out at Kilgore, and I know he worked hard to, to stay at TCU, couldn't quite make it. I know he's done, to the best of my knowledge, he's done his job to, to be able to be academically eligible to come back to TCU. What do you, what's the latest that we have on Omar Manning returning to the fold? It's up to him. I mean, it's up to him. They, they want him back. They'll welcome him back. Uh, it, if his academics are good, then he'll be back. But if he's not ready to, uh, if he's not academically ready to get back for the spring semester, then it's, it's pretty much over. It, it, he won't, he won't have a chance. So that's, that's what's been told to me. But right now that's it, there's, I don't have a percentage. I know everyone's wanting to know, okay, well, if you had this percentage, what I, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know what, what the chances are. Uh, I do know he's making every effort to, to get back uh, and, and play major football. Uh, and, and again, it wasn't, it wasn't Omar that wanted to leave TCU. He had to leave TCU. He had no choice. And I mentioned on the board as well that he was there for the Oklahoma State game. I saw him down on the field after the game. And you know, obviously he still has a lot of friends on that team and, and, and follows them. And, and there's, there's also a, uh, a huge need for a big outside receiver <laughs> for TCU. Yes, so, in yes case there any, is. In case anyone missed that. I mean, the, we all love Jalen and Jalen makes all kinds of plays and, and, and we know he's, he, he can make pretty much any play on the football field, but it would be nice to have one of those six, three, powerful guys like they've had in years past with Josh and, and DRS. And, and I think that's what they were really missing this past season. Of just a, just a big physical guy that can go up and, and catch the football or really just create separation, get open and catch the football. That's, that's what they were really missing besides Jalen, but Jalen, Jalen is, is not the biggest of guys, but he's obviously the fastest receiver they got. But yeah, Omar would be a, uh, a nice addition, but again, it's, it's, it's up to him. It, it, it's up to him whether or not his grades are going to be good enough to get back into TCU. You know, I always laugh when people want percentages, and I think it just the percentages are 50-50. He's either going to make yeah, it or he's not. Well, right yeah, it's 50-50. I don't, I don't know what he needs on his last biology test, either. guys. I don't think anybody knows what you – know, I don't think – you know, maybe, maybe Coach Patterson knows, but nobody knows what is, the, is going on there for these last few weeks here before we know whether he's going to make it back or not. I know the Frogs want him. I know he wants to be back. It's just, let's just hope it works out, not just for him for football, but what that that degree can do for him for life. All right, one of the other questions that people have been asking about, South Oak Cliff defensive end Stephen Parker. He had been committed to uh, Texas Tech. His old uh, coach was one of the coaches out there at uh, at Tech. Of course, they let the whole staff go. Matt Wells coming in from Utah State. And in that, Stephen Parker and about half their class has decommitted uh, are the Frogs interested in landing that big four-star defensive end? Obviously, there is a need. Um, I know you said that he was so locked up that nobody had yeah. really taken any interest in him because he was pretty clear, hey, this is where I'm going. Well, everything's changed now. Where do the Frogs stand with maybe landing a Yeah, and, and another thing, not Dallas. only was Emmett uh, Jones up there, his uh, the, it wasn't his coach, but he obviously was a coach from South Oak Cliff. I don't think Steven was there yet, but – uh, you know, all those South Oak okay. Cliff, okay. they all know that Emmett Jones was up at Texas Tech, but Steven was actually, he's, he's actually from Lubbock and it was him and his sister and mom that moved down here to Dallas, but uh, his hometown is Lubbock. And so that was another big draw for him for why he wanted to go to Texas hmm. Tech. But it, you're right. You hit the nail on the head. So when he was committed to Texas Tech, TC really didn't, they really didn't show attention at all. Uh, the only time I remember remember them showing any kind of attention was over the summer. After he had committed to Tech, he came up to uh, one of the summer camps and and worked out, and he did pretty good. He's he's really quick. He's he's tall. He's got a good frame where he could add some weight on. He's not ever going to be an LJ Collier type. He's not going to be your two hundred and seventy pound rush in, but he can he can get up to about two forty, two forty five, and 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 hopefully maintain some of that speed. But uh, it, it was funny when he decommitted. Or before he decommitted, everyone was already saying, "Well, TCU's doing this and doing that," and TCU hadn't even reached out to him. I mean, that's that that is a hundred percent fact. TCU had not even reached out to him through text, through DM, anything, phone call, anything. And they, it, it, it's funny because when he decommits, 
now you kind of look at, okay, well, we do have a huge need for defensive end. Maybe we should go take a look at them. And, and really, Zarnell Fitch did a good job by getting over to the school on Monday and he talked to the kid. And the kid uh, apparently has a, a, a good interest in TCU. He, he's got some other schools looking at him as well. But it, it, it's one of those things where I think if TCU can just get him on campus, that they have a really, really good shot at him. And he's he, obviously Fort Worth's not too far from Dallas, it, from South Oak Cliff. He'd still be kind of close to home. And this is what I've been telling everyone. It, you, you make these decisions as a, as a college athlete. You want to choose a school because of the academics or the location or uh, a lot of kids look at playing time. If you're, it, when, when, when you're looking at playing time, it's really a business decision. And if, if defensive ends are making business decisions, there's no better place right now than TCU as far as playing time goes, because they literally right now, it, without Adam Plant committed, just, just listen to this in spring ball. If Adam Plant wasn't committed to him right now, they would have Brandon Bowen and O'Shawn Mathis as defensive ends, scholarship defensive ends. That's it. And that that's is it. it. So you tell me Man. if you're a, if you're a Juco defensive end, or if you're a high profile four-star defensive end, and you want to have a chance to start showcasing your skills, do you want to go to a place that you might have to sit for a couple of years? Or do you want to go to a place that you're going to have a chance to, yeah, you, you're going to be in that four game red shirt rule, whatever they have it now. No, you're, you're, you're going to go in and you're, you're basically going to be the, the, on the two deep just because of the numbers. And that's what, yeah, that, that's what Adam the Plant's walking into. Campus, Adam Plant's not, not yeah. a fool. He knows. His dad knows. He's like, yeah, no. we'll be there, coach. No. We're, <laughs> I'm second, I'm second team defensive end. I haven't even, I haven't even uh, gone one practice, but that's the way it works. Because they're so mm-hmm. light at defensive end right now. Whether it, Dennis Collins didn't work out, Gary Overshone didn't work out. I don't know why they didn't work out, but obviously they they had plans where they wanted to uh, venture out to to other places. But it, it's a huge need right now, and I think they have a a, a, a real fighter's chance at getting Stephen Parker. It's funny because two weeks ago they weren't they weren't really in them after him. They weren't they weren't pursuing him too bad. A week ago, they weren't really pursuing them. No messages, nothing. And then just as of a couple of days ago when he decommitted, it kind of raised eyebrows. And then today you go out there, you see him, and you find out that not only is he interested, but you have a really, really good shot at getting him on campus. And uh, one of the things I'll, I'll tell, and I'll, and I'll post it on the, the board too, but uh, the kid that was out of Georgia, Christian Varner, was scheduled to come in this weekend. He's not coming in anymore. So I don't know if that means that they're trying to get Parker in here. I, I know they're trying to get Parker in here this weekend. Um, Is that going to be official Steven or Parker, unofficial? That's official. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so official. They're, okay. They're, they're, okay. Trying, they're trying to get it done. I mean, oh, they're, they're trying to show the interest and uh, – We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's 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 all fluid. This is recruiting here. This is recruiting in the eleventh you know, hour. You got just a couple of weeks from the first signing day, and things are happening. You know why they did not have any contact with him during the season after he committed? Do to I know tech? that? No. I know the answer. I know the answer. <laughs> they respected his decision. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, all right, lightning round here. Some some questions. Uh, do the frogs have any JUCO kickers, uh, punters, or place kickers that they're going to have on? No. That we have a real shot of landing. Let's. No. Okay. There's no punter. So the punter that was the number one JUCO punter. No. Is not is no longer an option. Stay tuned. Okay. All right. Stay tuned. All right. I'm, you did I'm say JUCO. All right. That's good to know. That's all I'm leaving it at. Speaking of that. I okay. I did say JUCO. Mark I this did. Down. I did mark, say mark it JUCO. Down on uh, twelve right. three. I'm writing. Yeah. 
twelve three at forty nine thirty nine on the <laughs> on the time log here. Okay, well that answers like eighteen questions that people had posted on the board. I want to know about kickers. I want to know about kickers. Uh, do we have any secret players we might be yes. sneaking onto campus this weekend? What can you tell us all about can, the players you can't talk about? All I can about? do is confirm that, yes, there will be a couple players that we haven't talked about yet that will be on campus. <laughs> That's it. All right, we're going to do, do this. You just say yes or no. Committed to other schools? Uh, one is, one's not. Okay, we'll just leave it at that. Guys that follow Twitter like for a living, uh, you guys can figure this out. For that reason, I have board, not please. followed these two kids on Twitter. For that, for that reason. Oh, I know. I know. I got guys like Pinnacle that watch that That's crap, good. and you're doing. <laughs> well, you, you, you know, know everyone knows. So what, I, I wouldn't get it. You know, there, there's no reason to hide it. Pinnacle finds those dudes, and then he finds <laughs> out who's following the coaches. Then he found, oh, oh, Jeremy's following this guy. Our man Chad. So. Yeah, he uh, with four yeah, flips of the thumb, he can he can nail down every kid we I'll snuck on campus. I, you know, I will say this: one of them they they <laughs> really it. really yeah. really don't want out, and then the other one, I, I'll probably say something later in the week. I watched his film today; he's a pretty good, pretty good player. He's a, he's a, he's okay. a, he's a are we looking at guys under the radar? Or I mean, are we looking at guys we're trying to five hundred receivers out there right now? Okay, I mean it's okay, okay. Uh, here's a here's a meaty question from Lobo Frog. Any changes in spring or summer quarterback evaluation process forthcoming? We were told Sean and Mike uh, Collins were close, but that Sean was less turnover prone. However, in game situations, that didn't seem to be the case. Uh, any different evaluation processes to better simulate or expose strengths and weaknesses? I'm certainly not suggesting they don't know what they do, but or, or know what they should be. But I'm curious. No, if but you I mean, have heard anything Coach Patterson said they're going to look at a lot of different things on on the way they need to change some things. So I'm sure that's something that they look at as offensive coaches and Sonny looks at it in his evaluation process. But it, it there's going to be there's going to be some changes and. That's what I mentioned a long time ago that they were talking about changes and people were flipping out because Coach Patterson wasn't mentioning staff changes. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna look at the the way they do some of those mm-hmm. things. And there's not gonna be any no, staff and, changes and, and like that, I said, that you the, know of the right only, now. The only staff change that that I would see would be because of someone retiring. You know, it Gary's not gonna Gary's not gonna go in and, and fire someone. Okay. Okay. That is good to know. Who is the starting quarterback Sean coming out Mike. of spring ball? Sean or Mike. All right. Uh, let's see here. We've really kind of drilled all these questions here in the time that we've been talking about. Um, next three commits. Somebody asked that. Somebody asked the next five, so I'm kind of cutting it down here. Who do you think the next three commits are? Uh, I feel. I feel really good. About Vera Montez, I feel really good. Uh, no, nah, I don't want to say that yet. I feel good about the Seether kid. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is tied that the tight end out of? Yeah, tight end out of Florida, Clearwater, Florida. Florida. Yeah, feel good about him. Um, okay. Uh, trying to think, just trying to go down the list here. I don't feel good about Drew Mathis. I don't think he's going to be a frog. Uh, okay. Stephen Parker intrigues me. I, I I need to see how this plays out. If he gets on campus real quick, then I like the frogs chances even more. And Oklahoma state and Texas are looking at him too. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he, if he went to visit all those places. Oh, Okay. And I still think I still think they uh No, I don't want to say that either. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll call that good. We'll call that good. And then last question on on the the from listener questions. Anybody that you know is not going to be in the bowl game that is banged up going ahead and having that surgery. And I know if we tell you, we're telling a cow, but anything that you can report on that front? 
No, I, I, I don't know yet. I mean, they were still trying to, do, they were still trying to figure that out. Um, they're going to have their first practice on Friday. Coach Patterson is going to be out of town on home visits on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So um, they're going to evaluate a lot of that process to see which, which guys can go and which guys can't go. We asked him about that on that teleconference for the bowl game the other day, and he didn't mention any particular names, but I, I got to think, uh, you know, guys like Ty Summer, he, he's not going to play. I mean, he's, he's, he's playing for his future now. Um, and I know Ty would love to be out there, but I mean, if he's not a hundred percent, he's just going to make it worse than, that's one of those situations where Coach Patterson's probably telling Ty, hey, I love you. I love what you did for this program. You got a future ahead of you. Set this one out. You know, that's that's how I, I, that's how I can see that whole thing going down. But I know Grayson Mulestein is going to be the quarterback. I think Mike Collins is going to be one of those guys that if he has to have surgery, he'll be one. I, I'm unsure about Darius. Don't know what's okay. going on with him. Injury wise, uh, let's see who else. <sighs> Ross Blacklock no, no, obviously no, no. isn't. I think play. we've kind of exhausted Sorry. it. I think we've exhausted it. <laughs> that sounds. I will say this. I will say this for all you for all you Justin fans. If if Grayson does go down, uh, I was told that Justin. I asked I asked the hypothetical the other day. I said, "Hey man, if what would y'all have done if?" Grayson Mulestein, what, what would the coaches have done? And, and they said Justin Justin Rogers would have wow. been it. So great. Uh, well, yeah. that's good to know. That's good to know. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of our listener questions. We're going to wrap up here, but um, Daniel, I got a question for you. I want to put you on the spot. Um, last week, we wrapped up with you commenting on the young lady from Stillwater that had traveled down. Uh, sitting a couple rows in front of you. Did you uh, did you track her down? Did you get a chance to maybe show her a little uh, Fort Worth? I'm still working on it. <laughs> Why don't you narrow it down yeah. by section? Uh, south end zone. Oh, wait. Okay, now there's no, no, sections. No, no. Uh, 134. Third row from the back. Third or second row. Yep. Well, I probably had more. You're not trying hard enough. If you're trying hard enough, you had already mm-hmm. gone home, looked at where you were sitting, and looked up on the seating chart what row she possibly could have been. Because you were obviously staring at her long enough to where you know exactly how many rows away <laughs> she was sitting from you and what seat she was. So you can narrow it down. You can pinpoint this sucker down. Yeah. And you're slacking. Well, I don't hey, know what it- seat I was in. I was just. <laughs> I was invited over by some buddies and I went over there and just was hanging out. But I know she was like one seat over or two and then one row in front of me. And I was on the very back. All right. Well, but you know, but you know, if you looked at the seating chart, you can you pretty find much it. get an idea. Yeah. It was 134. 134. All right. Let me ask you a few threshold questions here. Um, number one, was she with another guy? No. Did she look like she had money? Well, not TCU money. Okay. It's Oklahoma State money. Um, you know, Jeremy and I, you know, we're both happily married men, so we can give you some pointers on on how all this works if you need some help. So let us know. You know, well, I, obviously I need help because uh, <laughs> I've been single forever. So, <laughs> you know, I came home from work mid morning and I did all the dishes. And I got to tell you, that goes a long way. So you should tell her, I know how to do the some... dishes mid-morning. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's right. Yep. I cleaned up all the baby toys out of the bathtub the other day so my wife could take a shower. That should get, that gets you points. Jeremy knows this. Th- these are the things that in the end, oh, yeah. it's not about how much money you have or how good, how good looking you are, even though Jeremy and I are clearly exceptional on both fronts. Those are the things that go a long way. Just All in right. case you, just in case you find her. <laughs> yeah, if anyone out there knows, uh, you know, shoot me a PM or something like that. Okay, I heard it all goes down in the DMs. That's what I've heard for, yeah. for recruiting and for dating life. So that's right. Yep, that's right. Yeah. 
Well, men, we're going to bring this episode to a merciful end, unless you guys got anything else for the good of the cause. No. You got nothing. I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, the only recommendation I had is watch Goliath season two. I'm in that now. That's a great show. So I know we kind of veered off Netflix during the season, but in Amazon. So we'll, we'll get back to that in the off season. Don't worry. I know that's why most of you listen to this show, but Goliath season two top shelf. Good, good stuff. So, Oh, Real quick here, I can't believe I've jumped over this in my notes, but we want to thank uh, our sponsor, Teen Life. If you haven't yet, go online to teenlife.ngo, a great organization in Fort Worth that are going out of their way to help out junior high and high school students, help overcome life's challenges so that they can create a successful future for themselves. we got lots of ways for you to give here at the end of the year as well as to volunteer. Go online to teenlife.ngo, and they're going to have all the resources available for you to help contribute to your community. Great organization. Got to thank our buddy, Jeff McCain. Great guy, faithful listener, faithful frog fan. Just joined 24-7 this last week. Uh, if you haven't done that yet, you need to do that as well. Uh, teenlife.ngo, great place for you to connect with Fort Worth and, and serve this community that we love a whole lot. If you haven't yet, go online and subscribe to us on iTunes. We'd love for you to follow along, give us a rating, give us a review. We were looking over some of the reviews and ratings last week. Some people said some decent things about us. It was kind of fun to read. Um, but if you also, if you haven't yet, go to TCU24, go to uh, TCU247hornfrogblitz.com. It's a great way to stay connected to all this stuff that we're hashing through on recruiting as well as what's going on inside the football program. I guarantee you there's no better place for you to go to find out what's going on inside the program on and off the field than hornfrogblitz.com. You will be glad that you signed up. You will not regret it, and you'll likely become addicted like all of us are. So for Daniel and for Jeremy, I'm Jeff. Thanks so much for listening to the Frogcast. <laughs>